When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On 9-11, our nation made a commitment to never forget. Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all owe my good sis Teresa Giurecci an apology. Y'all said that she was lying about that man slurping and burping all over town and all at the gym. And now Margaret's damn husband said he heard the same thing. Lord, I almost fell out my damn computer chair. And not just, not, not just because it's raggedy as hell and missing a couple of screws and I got to Make sure I'm sitting in the dead center of it so it don't fall over. No, I almost fell out my chair because I was shushooketh. Oof. Maybe I need to start off with that episode. Now you know damn well I'm starting off with Dallas because they pissed me off more than anybody else this week. It's your weekly roundup episode of me and you, the Housewives and Marvel 2. Let's talk about it. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Let me go ahead and get a couple of clerical things out of the way before I start this episode. Number one, I'm sad. <laughs> I'm very sad. This is our last episode of WandaVision. 
coming up this Friday. I'll spend my entire Thursday, which is probably the day you're going to hear this. I'll spend my entire Thursday binge watching it. I got something to do that morning, but I'm not going to tell y'all for a little while. I'll tell y'all next month sometime. Y'all just remind me. I, I can't tell you right now, but just know that one day I'm going to tell y'all. Um, I'm going to spend all my whole day watching it, rewatching. I've seen every episode like 38 times now, but I just love it so damn much. It's been the best journey ever. I hope y'all don't have your expectations up too high because everybody and their mama has been guesstimating what's going to happen and shit, I've been doing the exact same thing. That's the whole purpose of this goddamn podcast. But I hope y'all haven't set your expectations too high to where you're expecting uh, the entire Avengers lineup to come in and swoop in and say today, child, if we get that, I'll be happy. But we're not getting all in. We just got to see how this story ends. And I'm excited about it, but I'm also sad because I never wanted this to end. But it's March. That means we also get Falcon and the Winter Soldier this month. So we usher out one Marvel show and then we get to usher in another one. So I'm very happy about that too. I mean, it's a, it, it's very bittersweet. Somebody, Fantasia. Wait, when I think, let's see, if we just, I'm just, it's, it's bittersweet, but I want to, Oh, I'm going to enjoy the fact that we got to go on this ride anyway. And I'm so happy that so many of y'all went on this ride. So many of you have reached out to me in DMs and emails and stuff saying that you were not a Marvel person before this. You've seen movies here and there, but you went on the WandaVision journey and you don't regret it. And now you're going back and starting from the beginning and all that. Y'all just don't know how much I love to hear that kind of stuff. One, because I love having more people to talk, you know, about Marvel with, but just because... I love that kind of fandom that surrounds it. It's really not that all different from Bravo or VH1 or any other, you know, the networks that have the reality shows. You, you're a diehard fan of that. You can be a diehard fan of Marvel, DC, uh, any other comic book houses. So I'm just, it's bittersweet. I'm happy. Next thing. I'm not talking about basketball wise no more. Um, anymore. (laughs) Y'all know I'm country. I'm not talking about them no more. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of everybody on the show. I'm sick of them on social media. I'm sick of them on the TV show. I just, I expressed to y'all last week about that whole conversation between OG and Kristen and how I didn't think anybody on this show had the bandwidth to have this conversation in a way that it was beneficial to us watching. The only thing it was doing was becoming way more divisive and become about stuff that it shouldn't be about. And I hate that because colorism is such an important topic that I don't like it being used in the way that it's being used. So I'm off the basketball wise train. I know <laughs> when I did that poll, I think like 60% of you said, uh, you wanted it covered, but hell that ain't, that ain't much of a majority. No way. So I'm sure y'all won't miss it. This season been boring as hell anyway. So, we can get off that train and maybe we can add something in. Oh, speaking of adding something in, guess who comes back this weekend? Married to Medicine. Now, for those of you who don't know, Married to Medicine is my all-time favorite reality show. I love me some Married to Medicine. They never disappoint season after season. Y'all know I'm nervous, though, because Mariah Huck is gone. And you know I think Mariah Huck is the best character to come through Bravo since Mariah Huck. <laughs> so I'm going to miss her. We got Quad in a limited capacity, and honestly, that's about all I can handle of Quad anyway. You know, her voice, she tried to speak like she, uh, uh, Regina, the Queen of England, and you know, I'm just, mm-mm. 
Sometimes Quad get on my nerves. I love Quad. She's funny as hell sometimes, but you know, I gotta, I gotta take her in doses. But maybe with Mariah not around, she'll actually become more enjoyable. That's what happened with Deandra. Now, as soon as Leanne left Dallas, Deandra has become so much more enjoyable on this show, and it, that was the entire reason. So. I don't know, but I'm still excited for the season. I'm really excited to see uh, one Heavenly versus Lisa Nicole Cloud <laughs> Noggles, whatever the, the long ass name she got. I'm excited to see that because they were always, if you go back and watch this, those seasons, they were always the funniest fighting people in the world. Like that, they were the funniest motherfuckers on the planet. So I'm excited to see them in action. But I'm also excited to see Toya and Contessa once again fighting for a whole season. <laughs> I don't know where this rivalry came from. I just remember Toya waiting on Contessa to show up at the restaurant and then Contessa came in and instead of talking, Contessa ordered half the menu. She was asking that man questions. What that do it come with what? Oh yeah, let me get a little vinaigrette on the side. Lady, <laughs> I'm trying to cuss you out respectfully and you sent her for ordering all this bullshit off the menu. That shit look good though. Contessa almost walked out the restaurant, then she remembered she ordered all the food. She came back and cussed her ass out for a little bit longer. I'm ready for them to come back though, cause it feel like it's been a lull in reality TV without them. And I always feel a lot better when they're on our screens, especially coming on right after Real Housewives of Atlanta. It just feels real chocolatey on a Sunday. Ooh, and it makes Sunday DAY into Sunday DAE. That's what it is with a little fudge on top. You know what I'm talking about? A little melted Hershey's on. T you know what I'm talking about? All of that. With all that being said, though, since I'm not covering basketball wives no more, I anymore. Oh my God. Why am I so country? I promise I'm gonna stop. I was thinking, okay, I've been insanely obsessed with, and this is the first season that's really had me like by my throat, T H R O K E, my throat the entire season. Married at first sight. Do y'all want me to start covering it on here? Because a lot of y'all have reached out in the DMs. When y'all see me watching it, because I live watch it in my Instagram story sometime, should I go ahead and start covering this on the podcast? Because I am, I'm as hooked on it as y'all are. I don't know what Paige and Chris will go through, everything. Reach out to me, let me know, because I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to start covering it because I'm just as obsessed as y'all are with that show. So, oh boy, I've been talking for way too long. I got them clerical items out the way. Let me go ahead and give these Real Housewives of Dallas a little taste because, ooh-wee, ooh-wee, it has been a full day since that episode aired, <laughs> and I am still incised, to say the least. In motherfucking incised, okay? In motherfucking infuriated, okay? Let me go ahead and talk about it. And by the way, this is officially a Dr. Moon stand podcast okay nothing else i won't be talking about anything else other than dr moon except everything else that i already be talking about okay bye the real housewives of dallas let me start off by saying stephanie holman you now annoy the fuck out of me like you have somehow become the moral police on this show but like the one that still provides comedic moments and sh i don't know i don't get it but you somehow moved into that position, which gives credence to the idea that your husband owns a piece of this production company. You or him, one of y'all, I don't know. Let me also say that it's not lost on me <laughs> that by the time y'all hear this episode, that the same day 
I watched this episode of Dallas and y'all probably watched it too Tuesday night. That was the day that Texas announced they're not going to require a mask anymore. That, uh, that tracks that, that really tracks with everything that we know about Dallas, that, that tracks. I also wanted to mention before I get into the crux of this episode, cause I got a lot to talk about with this damn episode. Uh, Aaron cliff on Instagram was asking me, do you think that the, the producers keep telling them to go after Tiffany the way they're going after her? Or do you know, are they just like, you know, trying to find a new person the way they do in Beverly Hills and harp on them because Leanne is gone? My response was, I think that now that Leanne is gone, a couple of things are happening. One, everybody on that show is vying for the number one spot. And we all know that Leanne had the number one spot all four years that she was on this show. And then two, probably more importantly, everybody is trying to protect Brandy. And Tiffany's like mere existence kind of threatens them being able to give her to really kind of give into her delusions of being a victim because that's exactly what they're all. They're delusions. Brandy is not a victim in any way, shape or form in this situation. Like seriously, everybody's vying for the number one spot because you know, it's available. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's available. It should have automatically gone to either cam or Stephanie, but here, I don't want none of y'all to have it. Just giving it to Tiffany and, recast this show because i'm sick of y'all asses that's all i got to say now let me get into this damn episode keep in mind that on the last episode this is when deandra storms off because carrie's talking about bow down and uh beg her for her forgiveness you know all that kind of delusional shit that carrie says deandra's gone and we get stephanie cam and tiffany still sitting at the table having a talk Tiffany sat there and she said that she was glad that her and Cam could, you know, get past their differences. And of course, true Cam fashion, Cam could not let that shit go. She had to make a big thing out of it. And then, you know, Stephanie and uh, Carrie, of course, got in on it because, you know, uh, once again, three on one, you know, they can't do nothing by themselves. So they got to bring everybody and their mom into the mix. Like, really? Let the motherfucking mouse go. Let it go. Where the hell is sudden strack when you need her? Let the mouse go. Tiffany took all of them on, all of them on, and she had to defend herself against like all. Of, it's crazy because they're trying to say like little stupid ass shit. Like, well, you corrected us for using the wrong word. Well, bitch, you used the wrong word. I mean, like, what do you want her to say? She, you used the wrong word, and not only did you use the wrong word, you used the wrong word against her. It wasn't just like in normal conversation. You were fighting her and you tried to classify her as something that she wasn't. She corrected your ass. Get over it. The woman got uh, a child's about to say four degrees. That ain't her, is it? That's Dr. Wendy. Well, she's still a goddamn doctor. Hell, the lady can say what the hell she wants to leave the lady alone. See, Tiffany is a lot classier than I'll ever be. I'm not going to sit there and let y'all white explain to me your own insecurities about this whole thing and uh, 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 get acknowledgement and an apology when it wasn't even about like it's, it, they are Dallas. The cast of Dallas has to be filled with the most delusional people I've ever seen. And I don't know when this transition happened or maybe it's always been there. Maybe Leanne has just 
always like historically sucked up so much air out of the room that we didn't know that there was delusional or maybe y'all, maybe y'all always knew. Maybe I was the one in the dark. Why the hell didn't y'all tell me? One of y'all could have came knocked on my damn door. I got a doorbell. You could have rang my doorbell and told me, Hey, they delusional down there. I would have been like, Oh, that's fine. I still like the Cowboys. Like it wouldn't have changed none, but you could have just let me know. Y'all didn't tell me shit. That same night, Cam goes in and talks to Deandra. The next morning, Cam basically recaps her conversation with Carrie and tells her that Deandra would be willing to have a conversation with her at some point. Uh, I'm sure Carrie's going to be just as obnoxious as, as she is in normal conversation, let alone when she got to get an apology from somebody. Now, look, a lot of little shit happened between this. You know, they were hula hooping and uh, Deandra was getting snot sucked out of nose by the shaman, all kind of shit. Let's jump to this boat ride. Brandy, shut the fuck up. And I, I hate that. I normally don't like to be that damn crass <laughs> on the podcast, especially speaking directly at people. But Brandy, shut the fuck up. I don't know what the fuck got into you on this episode, but whatever the hell got into you needs to be, uh, is it, what's the right word? Exercised out of you. They need to perform an exorcism on you. I'm sick of everybody on this cast. <laughs> everybody except DeAndre and Tiffany. Brandy is giving out pills that are supposed to help with seasickness. Now, apparently, it's a different pill than the one she gave them on the bus, the bus for motion sickness. Apparently, the one that she gave them on the bus, you could put under your tongue and like it would dissolve. It was one of those kind of pills. The one she gave them on the boat was one that you had to take with liquid. Tiffany, as a doctor, makes a very very simple statement she says oh this is the one you gave us on the bus that one you can put under your tongue and it would dissolve but you know we got to take this one with liquid brandy i don't know if she traveled through the multiverse if she came out in earth 216 and we live in earth uh 53 i don't know what the fuck the case was brandy took that to mean you were implying that i'm trying to drug people and hand out party drugs and it put me on edge where I said one more time. I said, where? I said, huh? I said, where? Some, somebody got to explain this shit to me. Like, somebody really got to explain this shit to me. If y'all don't like Tiffany ass, just say that. Because now you playing with my intelligence. And Brandy, you're not nearly as intelligent as you are to be trying to play with my intelligence. Like, really. See, this is the problem with rich ass women. They want to center themselves as the victim so bad and so often, and they want to be oppressed so damn badly that they lose reality and lose touch with everything. Brandy, where? <laughs> All over again. Where? Child, we still on the boat. Brandy helps Carrie and Deandra actually get on the same page. Now, this is the one good thing Brandy asked and done all season. It's some apparently that she learned in therapy. See, that's why she had them do it because she wanted people. She wanted to remind people that she was in therapy over that racist shit that she was doing. Girl, shut up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This episode pissed me off so bad. I don't listen. They do some exercise where they put their hands on the other person's hearts and they tell each other what they love about each other. But apparently it actually works. I'm making it sound like it's crazy, but it actually works. So apparently it's a really good form of therapy. DeAndre and Carrie cry and they make up and yada, yada, yada. I feel like I need to be singing uh, Alicia Keys right now. I, Lay your head on my pillow. See, I don't know about Let me stop. 
Y'all don't be knowing about that good R&B when I be singing it. Not, not, listen, not none of that new shit Alicia Keys be making. I don't like that, uh, <laughs> let me stop because I was about to go in on her husband stealing that. Okay, uh, okay, all right. I want to talk, <laughs> I want to talk about the conversation between Cam, Deandra, and Tiffany. They still on the boat, by the way. There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of boat riding going on in this episode. They ask, which, uh, let me rephrase that. Deandra asked Tiffany about how her work has been since COVID. You know, Cam is way too Melissa Gorga to ask Tiffany about her life. <laughs> now, see, why I have to shave Melissa Gorga? Melissa ain't got shit to do with this. I apologize, Melissa. Oof, what a timely episode, though. She talks about all of the incredibly racist and horrific things that patients and people say to her that she has no control over at all all because she's asian like see we having this whole conversation online right now online in person everywhere stop aap i hate the violence and insanely offensive rhetoric towards asian american pacific islanders has increased so much like so significantly and it's time for that shit to stop and so i'm glad that it seemed like this was put in here purposely for the fact that we, you know, we're having this conversation. It, it seemed like something that would have, like, on a normal reality episode would have wound up on the actual, like, editing room floor. But I'm so glad it made it into the episode because it came at the right time. And it's a time that we need to be having these kind of conversations. And who better to lead that conversation than Tiffany, who has the bandwidth to have this kind of conversation. But see, on basketball, you know what? Let me keep going because I'm not, I'm not going back and forth with OG and Evelyn and Shawnee and Jennifer and Kristen and uh, Malaysia and uh, Jackie Big Head. I'm not going back and forth with y'all no damn more. At the same time, on another part of the boat, Brandy talks to Carrie and Stephanie and she says she's hesitant around Tiffany because she's hypersensitive about saying the wrong thing and yada, yada, yada. Gary, get the fuck over it. It's your own fault. You keep trying to make yourself a victim in a situation where you were the one that was absolutely wrong. And you know, Carrie is going to harp on everything she can. So her ass is going to, uh, <laughs> I have to stop myself sometimes. Cause I, uh, listen, Carrie's going to harp on every little thing as if, uh, you know, she treated, I'll be having to stop. I'm trying to stop myself before I say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Carrie, is going to harp on everything. So her ass is probably going to treat it if she is a Mexican. Let me just go and say it. And that's what's going to piss me off. <laughs> Girl, you've been white passing this whole time, but don't let that shit go to your head, okay? Just because you celebrate your 50th birthday for the 600th time, and you can get out of my face. How about that? Get out of my face. And my Brenda Force, out of my face, out of my face. Let Let's just go ahead and jump to the end of the episode. Brandy and Tiffany... At this table, Brandy, respectfully, get the hell off this show. You randomly asking Tiffany in front of everybody at this table if she feels awkward around you instead of pulling her to the side was weird as fuck. Weird as fuck. That, that's the only way I can say it. It's different on the Housewives shows if you want to address something amongst the group that pertains to everybody or something that's been fodder amongst the groups or something. I don't, but that's a personal issue between the two of you. No, scratch that. It's not a personal issue between the two of you. 
It's something that you're manifesting in your mind because Tiffany has given you more than enough grace in this situation. More than any, you know, more than a motherfucker like me would give you. She gave you way more grace than you quite frankly deserve. Tiffany says, no, I don't feel awkward around you. And then she asks Brandy the same question. Brandy says, I feel like I'm guarded around you because of the video. And then, you know, we have to see Tiffany basically initially at least pamper brandy's feelings like the entire cast has been doing all season by saying have i ever told you that i thought you were racist or anything like that brandy she does acknowledge that tiffany has extended her a whole lot of grace she says that way more than she deserves i don't know if she said that but that, that's what it was motherfucker brandy says she feels she wants you know to be honest and she wants to grow as a person, but she can't authentically be herself around Tiffany. Huh? Well, you can't be. What's the word I'm looking for? You you can't be racist <laughs> in front of Tiffany. Like, where are we going with this? What the fuck are you trying to say? You can't be yourself in front of Tiffany. What kind of jokes are you trying to make? That's what I want to know. What kind of shit you trying to say that if Tiffany wasn't there, you couldn't say? That's my question. See, Brandy. I'm I'm ready to see next episode because you didn't really piss me off and you didn't left me with a whole lot of questions. Tiffany, I love the way you handled this because you can tell Tiffany's like tonal shift that was happening is that she was like getting aggravated as fuck. Like she has taken a lot from these women constantly. Tiffany has never, ever asked Brandy to hold back or anything like that. And then suddenly Brandy drops like this bomb of, well, I just feel like you're always judging me. Ding, 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 ding. The exact same shit that Cam Westcott says all the time. You've been waiting to say that shit out loud on the camera. See, Brandy, that's why I don't fuck with you. I'm just saying, that's why I don't fuck with you. Even after all this, Tiffany is still giving Brandy accolades, saying she's a great mom. I think you're a great person, all like that. But then the episode ends when Tiffany asks Brandy what she thinks of her. Now, Brandy, if you get on this episode next week and show your uh, natural born red ass, it's going to be a problem. I'm writing Bravo and uh, I'm going to say, hey, Andy. No, <laughs> I'm writing Bravo and I'm getting your ass to fuck up off this show. OK, let's go ahead and jump into these Atlanta housewives. OK, child. The episode opens and we still on vacation. <laughs> We've been in this one ass Carolina. I can't remember if they in North Carolina or South Carolina here, but they've been in this one ass Carolina since 2020. Kenya is continuing her little investigation or her accusation, whatever you want to, uh, uh, wherever you come down on the issue. She does basically everything to say that Portia was out here fucking, fucking, sucking and bucking. Okay. Before Portia though, the conversation comes to be between Drew and Latoya because Drew is married and they trying to make a scene like she was out here cheating on her husband. That's basically what it was. Child, she ain't married to nobody but Ralph Hale. She got a free pass anyway because we don't know what the hell he was doing in Tampa. He was uh, slurping and burping and gang banging and all kind of shit in Tampa. So that lady can do whatever the hell she want with Bolo. If she want to use her face as a windshield wiper, she can do that. Drew has something to say for their asses, though. Drew ain't no punk. Drew has something for Kenya. She has something for Latoya. She would have had a piece for Candy if Candy would open her motherfucking mouth. But Candy was too goddamn hungry at that table, grabbing uh King Snow Crab legs and shit, shrimps and potatoes and corn on the cobs, all kind of shit. Candy was hungry. She wasn't even participating in this damn conversation. She was trying to eat. The only thing she said was, shh, when Tanya opened her damn mouth, snitching on Portia. 
They all trying to figure out stuff, but Portia is over that shit. Marlo is trying to make it seem like everybody, you know, everything is all right. But Portia's like, girl, we better see how she rolled this shit out. And Kenya proceeds to roll it out. Okay. Portia said point blank. So are you talking about me? And Kenya wouldn't put a name on it. Chad, poor, Tanya called herself trying to help Portia out. And all she did was make people think she was busting it wide open. <laughs> she said, I spent the night in this girl's room right here. Tanya, see... Now you didn't put your damn self at the scene of the crime. We didn't know you. We didn't even know you was in the house. We thought you had gone uh, on a midnight jog. You know, we thought Bolo had uh, digmatized y'all so hard that you had to go for a run or something. Hell no, you didn't put yourself at the scene of the crime now uh, in that same outfit, uh, uh, tussy popping and uh, pop locking, dropping it and all this shit. And now we know you was in the room. Damn it, Tanya. You, you Canadians, you just said too damn much. Now, Kenya, let me get serious with you for a second. I'm okay with the investigation because, you know, I'm part-time producer and uh, part-time watcher. So I get it. I get the investigation and all this stuff. But I don't like it when you attempt to weaponize Brooklyn. And I know that sounds really aggressive, but let me, like, explain what I mean. I don't care about whether or not, you know, folks could bring their kids on the trip because we can argue about that all day. You know, some people feel, you know, she should have extended them the invitation. Some people feel, well, no, she brings her everywhere. Why would she have to extend an invitation? You know, that kind of stuff, but you can't use the logic of my child is here. So y'all can't be having sex or doing any of that kind of stuff. Well, you might need to just get the hell up off the show because you've made it clear that Brooklyn will always be with you. We as fans, we don't need to we don't need to see this show censored in any way, fashion or, you know, shape, fashion, form, uh, magazine, Vogue, none of that. As a matter of fact, I've always been pushing for Bravo to basically I want them to put the, the uncensored version out on like the Bravo app or something. When I see like, OK, y'all remember a couple of weeks ago before Jersey premiered, they put out the clip of the opening moment between Jackie and Teresa. And they did it without bleeps and all the kind of stuff. Listen, Teresa saying cunt 20 times without the bleeps, iconic. I need that kind of shit. I don't need these constant censors and all this kind of stuff. See, that's why I barely watch cable anymore. I only watch shit that comes on Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Max. Anybody else, you're doing too much censoring. I'm not with that shit. I'm not watching it. Back at the ranch. No, not at the ranch. Finally, we back in Atlanta. Shit. Drew and Cynthia explain the trip to their man. And that shit is hilarious. But we also get candy telling Don Juan all them people business too. Child, I, I finally thought we were done with the candy coated click. And now here is Asco. All we need is uh, a karma, <laughs> as uh, Mama Joyce say, and whoever the hell was in the click. But all, all three of their asses can go, just to be honest. Cynthia was telling Mike about Bolo using that thing as a windshield wiper. I know that's right, Cynthia. You better let him, uh, you better know that your, you better tell Mike your face wasn't the damn windshield. Or that uh, uh uh that face shield was the damn windshield. Some you better clarify that shit. It don't seem like Mike took it as a joke though. So lucky for you, Drew sent up there telling Ralph all her damn business. They were giving me Ike and Tina vibes. Now, not the physical violence. I don't think they get physically violent. 
but something about their energy. Y'all remember when Tina was doing that interview with that uh, British man telling about the new music she writing and all this stuff, and Ike was just in the background looking, and then he walked off because he didn't want to do that shit. That's the kind of, that's the vibes they give me sometimes. Now, I love them. I love the Pittmans. It's just that's the vibe they give me, and, and I can't help that they give me a vibe. You know, that's the vibe they give me, okay? Child Rap said, I want to know everything about what y'all did, and I want to know about Bolo and what happened. Drew said, well, I still don't know what you did in Tampa. And I, oop, I know that's right, Drew. Child, let me move on before, uh, <laughs> before I become a weed in these people's garden because I, I don't want y'all to be accusing me of breaking up y'all marriage, even though that man, t- you know what, let me move on. We then basically get to that scene where Kenya professes her love for Latoya. Listen, I'm actually here for this relationship. I've told y'all that a few times now. For most of the women I talk to, Latoya could get it, apparently. <laughs> y'all feeling Latoya. I'm talking about y'all talking about flipping it, rubbing it, smacking it, uh, uh turning it around like Bolo had Drew on that table. Go ahead, Toya. You better be out here uh, uh snatching cats left and right. They addressed Kenya feeling betrayed by Latoya for not having her side. But child, apparently it didn't matter because uh, they was finna be right back clicking kitties. So that argument didn't last long, no way. So we got to move right on from that scene. I love Drew and Portia as friends. I can see Drew sticking around for a couple of years on this show because she's really good on this show. And I would love this duo, Portia and Drew together Kiki and laughing, ha ha. I could really see this working. Drew stops by and they bond over parquet butter. Now, of all things, I don't know why y'all bonding over parquet butter. It ain't even the best butter. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a butter, bitch, okay? It's a butter, bitch. But it ain't, I mean, you, uh, damn. This whole scene was just fun to watch because it reminded me, honestly, of freaking Frack. I know how that relationship ended, but I used to love watching freaking Freck back in the Dizay. Child, Ralph called Drew while she was at Portia's house, and this lady lied her ass off. She said, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, <laughs> coming back from the grocery store, and I'm on the way home, and oh, golly, be Jiminy's, I had to make a stop and all this kind of stuff chat they go back to recapping the trip and talking about love and her uh her and dennis and all kind of stuff baby that phone rang again and baby it was ralph calling all over again drew packed up that muffin she got her uh some to-go butter a little bit of parquet and she got up out that house so motherfucking fast now see that's that I can tell the shit I'm telling y'all about. Why that lady so damn scared? She had to hurry up and pack up and leave. She grabbed that big ass hat she had on that had that wig attached. Okay, let me stop. <laughs> y'all wouldn't know the way I talk about Drew Clothes that I actually love her. I love her on this show. I think Drew is a great housewife. I'm not going to lie. I think next year if they throw some more new people in, I think th- Drew is really really going to get pushed to the forefront. I can see her sticking around. I love Drew. You, you know, I just got to, I got to shade you every now and then. You're not exempt for some shade. Okay. Listen to me. The funniest part of this episode, I had to rewind it about three or four times. When Cynthia, Noel, and Mal were sitting around talking about the wedding, this and that, yada, yada, yada. Out of nowhere, Noel pointed out that Cynthia's feet were ashy as hell. 
And baby Cynthia said, I can see that. <laughs> I know that's right, Cynthia. She tried to hide them uh crusty ass tails from the crip ass feet. And then she realized she said, Child, they probably already zoomed in, darn it. It and did. And did. They zoomed, they zoomed right on in and did. <laughs> Now them little them little insert scenes that they put in there, every now and then you get some real gold across all of the shows. They really put in some good gold. Sometimes like the person that was great at it, Robin Dixon. Robin, they would put in her little uh her little like, you know, ten second scenes between like, you know, as a transition scene. Her and them kids, they would be in them closets or in the kitchen cutting up and see, I'm <laughs> I, I was about to say I miss Potomac. No, I don't. Y'all take y'all time. Y'all wore my damn nerves out so goddamn bad. Who Lord, I'm still stressed out from y'all last season. So we go, we go let y'all take a break, okay? Now let's go ahead and jump into the scene with Kenya and her attorney. I don't mean to laugh, but this scene took me the fuck out, okay? And when I came back, I finally remembered that Mark is a jackass. Well, no matter when when we laugh at Kenya, how often none, always just remember in the back of your brain that Mark Daly is jackass, a jack to the ass, a queen ass, a king ass, an ace ass, whatever you want to call him, he is an ass nonetheless. Kenya is pouring her heart out talking about Mark sending her love songs and playlists and uh, uh, R. Kelly 12 play and all kind of shit. Baby, uh, attorney Antavius Weems, that's a name for your ass. You know, you know damn well if you go to court with a lawyer named Antavius Weems, you go lose. That's <laughs> I will say there's no president behind that, but child, when uh Phaedra Pauls was taking them folk to court, they was losing everything too. So it just, I just feel like if the last name too easy to pronounce, then you probably gonna lose your case. Parks, Weems, you know that all this shit. You need a last name like. Buffo Montese, you know, like <laughs> y'all better come on with that friends reference. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Anyway, that man couldn't wait to get Kenya ass together in the politest way possible. But not it wasn't all polite though, because he laughed at her ass before that. The man said, "I didn't mean to laugh, but uh, your husband out here pulling stunts, not pulling stunts." Let me find out uh, attorney Antavius Weems is one of the girls. <laughs> Mark. Filed for divorce and that man want alimony too. Kenya stopped. I'm talking about that man stopped her dead in her tracks. She stopped and she took them papers and she started reading them. Child, they said they tried to serve Mark multiple times and that man was playing a game of where where in the world is Carmen San Diego. They couldn't find his ass for nothing and then he struck first. Damn, Mark. Damn, you just you just don't want to be likable, but that's okay. We'll remember that ass. Child Mark probably got another girlfriend right now. Folk don't care. They or a boyfriend, one of them, I don't know, but he don't care hell. <laughs> just for fun, let's try to figure out what the top three songs were that Mark Daly put on that playlist that he sent to Kenya. Okay, I got a couple of, you know, a couple of suggestions. Number three, I think was probably Summer Walker. Sessions 32. Now see that's a song right there. That's a song you when you when you trying to get over somebody. That's the song right there. Some to you. Summer Walker said, I threw away your love letters. I I thought it'd make me feel better. I 
I finally got you out my bed, but I still can't get you out my head. Now, see, that's some shit you tell somebody when you about to uh, sneak down their doorway and, and drop a divorce on them and then send them some love songs. That just strike me as, I, I think that's a possibility. Number two, Erica Badu, Next Lifetime. I think he probably sent her Next Lifetime because he don't want to see her in this lifetime no more. So the next one just seemed like the most logical choice to me number three or number one child <laughs> i'm trying to count down you know i know i can't count that well number one is dear mama by tupac because mark daly got a nose ring too okay let's move on to the next show before i move on to another show let me go ahead and go to summer house i'm only talking about summer house briefly which i said briefly but y'all know shit don't never be brief with me I'm going to talk about Summer House briefly. And when I say that, I mean, like, I'm not going to dissect the episode up and down and around and around. Lick you up and down till you say stop. That might have been on Mark playlist, too. Okay, I'm only going to really talk about the end because I have controversial opinions about the end of this episode. And I'm ready for y'all to read me for my rights. I'm, I'm already ready for that. Before I get to the end, though, I want to say that I love the conversation on the beach between Sierra uh, and who, child, who else was it? Oh, uh, Danielle. See, I forgot the damn good name. Don't I always, though? That I love that for a lot of different reasons. Three reasons, mainly. One, I love hearing two women of color talk about their experiences in the professional workplace. One of them is a doctor. I mean, not a doctor. One of them is a nurse. So she's in healthcare and during a pandemic too, a traveling nurse. So, you know, she, that's a lot. The other one, Danielle, Danielle, I don't know what the hell you do. I just know you like the work. You, that's all your ass do. You work from sun up to sundown, sun up, sundown. Your ass take the train so you can be on that laptop. You would, your ass get on a plane so you can be on that laptop. Your ass will uh, fly on the back of a crane if you can be on that laptop. So, I don't know what you do, but keep doing what you do because I like hearing about it. I love Sierra telling us more about herself and really kind of relating to the rest of the cast. I love her slowly getting integrated in with these people and it's not seeming forced at all. I really like that. And then the last reason, I love actually learning more about Danielle because she's been on this show for four seasons now. And I don't know a thing about you. Honestly, I really don't, except that you love to work. I mean, that's really all I just... Really no, I mean I don't I don't know much else about you, but you like the work and you got good hair. I mean your hair, your hair be nice. That's about it though. That's that's all I can really give you, Danielle. I, I don't know, but uh, I'm I'm glad you're here. I guess I'm glad you're here. Maybe. Okay, so let me just jump to the end of the episode. That I know y'all want my opinion on my take. It's probably controversial, so let me just go ahead and tell y'all. I probably don't come down on the same side of the fence as y'all. I know most people think that Hannah jumped off this fight. I mean, don't get me wrong. Hannah Hannah know how to get it started. It's the reason why she's up there in the chat room, but let me, I'll talk about that later. I want to say, sorry, not sorry, first of all. It's controversial. I don't care. I feel like Kyle and Lindsay both create passive-aggressive moments often and then they get super shocked when people react now that's not a dig against them but i mean it's a character flaw certainly and they both do it a lot now i like both of them as characters on the show so i won't 
I'm not, you know, saying that as a, like a, a dig against them or anything. I like Hannah too, but Hannah be wrong a lot too. But I mean, you know how I feel everybody owns Summer House is likable, but yet very unlikable too. Like, I don't want to be friends with none of y'all in real life, but I like watching y'all be chaotic on the show, if that makes sense. That's about all y'all will get out of me. I don't know. They both do their thing where they create these passive-aggressive moments and then get shocked when people explode with actual emotion. I actually think that this entire encounter was more of Lindsay's fault than it was anyone else's. Also, <laughs> and this is a little shade, but not shade. Kyle, you're 40, 30, 38, 39, 40. I don't know how old you are now, but you, you 40. You have big expectations for someone living with people and partying with people half your age. I'm just saying. I feel like everyone else is afraid to say that. I feel like I need to say it. Kyle, you have to lower your expectations. You're afraid. You're expecting all these people to be like grandparents in the house and all these people just coming up out of college ready to cuss and fuss and fight and all this kind of stuff. You're a little too grown for this kind of shit, but not really because you're still a, a child too. You're not coming to my wedding. <laughs> I know that's right, Kyle. I'll take all my kind of shit back too. Kyle starts off by saying that he wants to have a little house meeting before they start doing like their bonfire and all that kind of stuff. And he starts talking about cleaning. Him and Amanda, because of course it takes both of them to lead this conversation for some reason. I don't know. They don't name any names, but they talk about the fact that the cleaning has gone downhill. Lindsay interjects and starts directing everything at Hannah and Sierra and Paige. This is when stuff gets heated. See, Lindsay, all of this is your fault. I commend Kyle and Amanda because they actually did try not to single anybody out. Lindsay is the one that started like naming names and actually like physically pointing fingers. Hannah says, but I don't like, I don't, you know, I don't drink at night or I don't cook anything because I don't know how to cook. So like, I'm not the one creating all this mess that y'all are talking about cleaning up. She says, I do my job, which is the trash. The problem is <laughs> her definition of doing the trash and everybody else's definition of doing the trash is entirely different. Girl, take that shit to the curb and them people will leave you the fuck alone. Like, that's all you got to do. And of course, Stravi has to jump in to impress Kyle. And he says, yeah, I'm taking up the trash too. Boy, fuck you. See, that's why I didn't want to defend your ass last week. I was all upset about having to defend you. I actually sat up there and I defended you on this podcast. And I didn't want to do that. See, with your finger banging bastard. Suddenly, the word jealous gets thrown out there and the argument is taken to a whole nother level. Hannah said that Kyle is jealous that he doesn't get as much sleep at her. He says, I would never be jealous of anything related to you. All types of bullshit and they taking this to a whole nother level that it really didn't need to go to. Amanda starts talking under her breath. Now, look, you know, I don't like that under the breath shit. I'm like Portia. If you're not putting a name on it or you're not saying your shit out loud, don't be a punkity punk ass bitch. Okay, don't be a punkity punk. Say what the fuck you got to say. Say it with your chest. Don't say that. Don't do, don't do that password. Say it with your chest. Amanda starts talking on her breath and she's saying stuff like, you're taking this wrong and uh, you must feel really guilty, which is why you feel like he's coming at you. Listen. Y'all gonna be mad at me for this. 
but I was smirking at Hannah's ass. <laughs> Hannah showed us why she sit on that show with Giselle and Portia of all people. Cause she knows what to say to jump that shit off. I'm just saying. She says, you may tolerate him yelling at you, but I don't tolerate him yelling at me. Ooh, wee. He says, you're obsessed with Luke and you're not coming to my wedding. Wait a minute. What, what is actually happening? Because now we've gone to the third grade on the shit. Now we're at recess and uh, Sally Jackson is saying that Billy Hampton uh, stepped on her brat's doll on purpose. And now the head popped off and she going to tell Mrs. Uh, Sutherland and Miss Sutherland going to make you pull a card. So now you're not on E no more. Now you got an ass in conduct. It's that kind of shit. It gets real, real juvenile and real elementary at the summer house. No matter how nice that house looks, it gets real juvenile at the summer house. Amanda gets fired up and she tells Hannah not to play this game. She walks off and Paige tries to interject and separate everybody. Doesn't work. <laughs> In fact, Hannah comes right back and she says, Kyle, you 39 years old. And he's like, I'm 38. <laughs> and then Hannah comes and whispers to Paige. He's clearly insecure about his relationship. Chad, that, that jumped everything off right there. Once I, I oh Lord. This is one of those times where I realize once again that I cannot be on reality TV. See, Amanda gets up, gets pissed off, and she throws a cup at Hannah. I don't give a damn if it was plastic or glass. We got to fight. I mean, that's that, 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 once it gets physical, I'm ready to fight. And there's no coming back from a friendship that ends in, in fists being thrown. See that I we'd have to fight and then I'd have to I'd have to get fired from the show because I can't film with you no more. We got to fight. But I also want to say that it's important to note that no one calls this out either. So it's always been kind of clear to me that there's always been a divide in the house. Kyle has never liked Hannah and Paige. I feel like this comes from mostly Paige's doing. He's always felt that Paige yanked Carl around, but I guess he didn't see Carl yanking, you know what, yanking titties on this show since season one, but we'll, we'll let him have that one. I feel like they think he's the grandpa. He thinks they're the spoiled young brats, two different age brackets that will never get along. Just separate and everybody politely and respectfully just go to hell. I feel like that would just solve all our problems. And some, somehow Amanda's in the woods crying. Hannah's upstairs crying. It, what the hell are y'all crying for? Like, what the fuck is actually happening? Like, is this real life? Why is everybody crying? Nothing has happened to make people cry. Why are y'all crying? The sad part about this is this episode is on 10 the entire time. And then we get dragged all the way back down by like a just gut punch in the stomach. We see at the end, Carl goes outside to take a phone call. He starts crying literally seconds after this and he's found out that his brother was found in somewhere his apartment or somewhere unresponsive and i guess he died of i don't know if the implication was an overdose because they talked about at the beginning of the episode the drug problems that he's had in the past so we shouldn't assume overdose but i'm guessing that's why they've mentioned that so i don't know i'm just deducing i shouldn't deduce regardless of what the reason he died for 
prayers to Carl and to his mom, Sharon. Sharon hasn't done anything to anyone. She doesn't deserve any kind of heartbreak anymore. So I just feel bad for both of them. I'm judging Bravo, though, for giving us that sad moment within the last, like, two, literally, like, within the last minute of the show. I thought this was about to go off with Hannah crying and, uh, what's that boy, uh, Amanda crying in the woods. Apparently not. Everybody's just, we just slipping shit in now. I don't know. Anyway, child, let's move on to the next show. Cause I, I'm trying to get back on the high because it just made me sad. I feel bad for Carl. Carl, I'm here. If you, <laughs> let me stop. Cause I was about to say, Carl, I'm here. If you need me, <laughs> let me go on to another show. Child. I don't even know who the hell I want to talk about next. Let's just go ahead and talk about little women, Atlanta. Oh Lord. I just realized I said, I want to get happy. This shit is about to make me sad all over again because I was crying watching this entire episode. And I mean, bawling like a baby. Listen, I, I, can, I, I can't cover this entire episode of Little Women in Atlanta because I cried. the I, Literally, I just told you, I cried the entire time. When the twins walked in and they were talking to Minnie's mama, I started bawling immediately. For those who don't know, Miss Minnie died in April of last year. The first 15 minutes were commercial free and they showed basically how everybody was dealing with the news of the passing. We also kind of learned that they're going to set up some kind of memorial service that's being planned by the actual group. Not a funeral service because I think the twins were the only ones that were able to like actually go to the funeral because, you know, it was that was at the height of COVID and you know, they were only letting so many people in the church and all that kind of stuff. So, oh God, it just, that, if you like, seriously, if you need a, a cry, put that episode on. I think it's episode five of the new season. Miss Minnie passed away. Oh my God. It was so much. I don't even know what was making me, I don't know if it was the fact that they were so emotional or the fact that I, cause I had that, I had the reaction when Minnie died in real life. So, oh God, I don't know. Oh, oh God. It was, oh God. I do want to address a couple of things in this episode, though. The moment of Minnie's mama <laughs> and Miss Juice is squashing everything that they've gone through in the past was both funny and sad at the same time. Her mama said that it was placed on her hard to apologize for throwing that plate of chicken at. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that was a moment in reality TV. She apologized for throwing that plate of chicken wings in Juicy's face. Now, if you know Little Women in Atlanta, you know that that was one of the most iconic scenes, not just in their show history, but in reality TV history. Her apologizing made everybody emotional. It was her way of saying that she knew Juicy and Minnie basically had a special relationship and that she, you know, she, she was protective of her daughter, basically, and that she knew Juicy understood that and they just needed to squash that and basically move forward to make Minnie proud. And I love that because they didn't have no real beef. And, you know, oh, God, this going to make me sad all over again. But, child, let me pick the mood up a little bit. We One of the other things I want to address, Bree, a.k.a. Left Cheek, came back to town and she spilled all the tea, bitch. She goes to lunch with Juicy and she says that basically she wants to go solo for music. She was hesitant in the past because, you know, her and Emily 
were always just buddy buddy. But then she revealed that her and Emily ain't even friends no more. And you know that's that's the whole thing because left cheek and right cheek were were a whole ass together, <laughs> a whole ass bouncing and jiggling from Dallas to Atlanta, back to Dallas, back to Atlanta. You know they was on all the spinoffs. So, oh boy, so you know when she said that we had to figure out why. She said that she basically got tired of Emily's negativity. They were living together and the bad energy just started building up. Basically, they would go to the studio and then they wouldn't have anything planned, basically. And Brie was like, why am I constantly leaving my kids behind if we're not making any strides towards the future? Apparently that that caused the argument. Brie left. Brie blocked her ass on all the social media sites and her phone, everything. She took her kids and she left. And now she wants to move back to Atlanta. Well, girl, we'll welcome you with open arms. You won't replace many, but you are one of the originals on this show, too. So we'll definitely welcome you back. And I always personally, I always liked Brie without Emily. So Brie, come on back to the show. We need the energy. I love having Crystal back, too. So just come on back. We we not go uh, be mad. Come on back and leave Emily ass wherever the fuck you found her. There was one scene during the episode that I wasn't really sure how to feel about. Abira and Monty got together and they spilling a little more tea. Apparently, Minnie's boyfriend, the guy that we met like two or three episodes ago, where he invited all his little raggedy ass friends to that club or whatever. Apparently, he was the only person that wasn't invited to the memorial. There were rumors swirling around everywhere about their relationship that came out after they, oh God. Came out after Minnie died. See, I'm glad they didn't speak on the actual rumors since Minnie's gone. They're right. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Monty also said that, uh, what did she say? That the Lord put it on her spirit to get the twins and the beer on the same page. Now, child, I don't know what Lord, you know what, let me stop. <laughs> the Kojiks go get me. I'm sorry, Kojiks. The Kojiks, the Mormons, all y'all. Don't be mad at me. I'm just, I was just playing. I know the Lord put it on her spirit to get the twins and the beer together. So damn it, get the twins and the beer together. I know that's right. Amanda's husband, Jordan, tells her to boot Andrea's ass the fuck, like Tokyo Tony, up out of their house. Child, I'm so glad Monty said she'll help her find a place to live earlier on in the episode because woo. Andrea would have been out on her ass, and I'm glad. Look, she would have had to been like, Money, I had to live with a beer. Yes, you had to live with a beer, like it was a motherfucking, uh, <laughs> like a beer just in Section 8 or something, and with a thousand kids and some roaches or something. A beer, we got a nice little house. Now, that's a lot of kids over there, but you did, that don't matter. Y'all got, y'all got quit treating a beer bad, okay? I'm tired of y'all jumping up and ganging up on a beer. That basically takes us to the end of the episode where Monty has this little COVID function. <laughs> you know the COVID functions we was having uh, last year where you spread the chairs out and you put the little table in the middle and y'all, you know, yeah, huh? you sit over there. Now, I'll put your mask on if you're coming over here. Look, you, what you need, some tater salad? Hold on, I'll get you some tater salad. Don't worry, look, I'm going I'm to I'm slide it down there on this uh, rolling pin and you just catch it, okay? You weren't trying to be around nobody. I, I know that's right, Monty. She got this little COVID function set up and a beer pops up on them people in the middle of them playing a game with, uh, she was wearing that, uh, Kelly Rowland dilemma wig. No matter what I do. Oh, 
all I think about is you. Oh, a beer came with that same little wig on. I know that's right, Kelly Rowland. You better donate to the children, okay? They had a whole moment about being little people and experiencing a lot of the same things. And now everybody's on one page. Ain't that beautiful? I don't know what the hell y'all go fight about no more, but that's that's just, that's beautiful. That's the energy we needed on this kind of episode. I love to see it. Now let's go ahead and get into the damn Bell Collective, my girls. The episode opens up of the Bell Collective. Kaylin invites Antoinette Latrice and another one of the friends who named, I can't remember what her name is, but it's the one that uh, Latrice talks who's on the phone that Zaddy be saying is beautiful. And that's the one that Zaddy ran up on at Happy Hour because she was business partners with Latrice and they were trying to pull a fast one in his words. She takes them somewhere out in nature. Now, they were just hoping that she didn't invite them to a plantation. I know that's right. Now, see, I wouldn't have come. I would have turned around as soon as I, you know, if if I'm only seeing trees for more than 10 minutes, uh, uh-uh, I got to turn around. See, in my mind, that's like a different kind of trafficking. See, she might have been trying to trick them out there to sell them into like weave slavery or something. You know, t- uh, taking their tracks out and selling them to the highest bidder. And it's, uh, it, look, it's not lost on me that all them black too. Uh-uh. You're not about to have me coming out to no damn plantation whether you go sell my hair or my body. Uh-uh. I'll be damned. Leave me alone, child. Leave me alone. Then Antoinette remembers that Kaylin said she wanted to buy a goat. The reason? Because she doesn't want to cut her grass. Oh, Okay. I, I mean, ain't no young children in the neighborhood want to earn five, ten dollars. I, I guess <laughs> that. Listen, I, I don't know. Look, whatever makes your boat float. Okay, I was really about to say something about that later, but Kaylin, we we've been reading your ass online all damn it since this show started. I'm gonna let you alone, Kaylin, cause you you you, you just uh, you know what. Kaylin gives me Kim Zosiak vibes. That's what it is. She's a little more polished. Ooh, and she work in the hospital too. She a nurse. Ain't that what Kim claimed to be? <laughs> Ain't that what Kim used to claim to be a nurse? Chad, let me move on. Cause Kaylin, Kaylin and Kim, their names both start with K. Ooh, this is awful. Kim got them them cosmetic lines called what they call cashmere or something like that. That sounds like Kaylin. Uh. Uh-uh. Let me move on. This is too much of a coincidence for me. Let me find out Kim Zosiak Beerman then took her ass to Jackson to scam somebody else out of some money. Big Papa lives in Hollywood. He don't live out there, Kim. Leave them damn people alone. Marie has a counseling session at her home with two of her son, Jerez's baby mothers. Child, look, it took me a while to say that sentence. I almost couldn't get that shit out. Had a counseling session at her house with two of her sons, Jerez's baby mother. There we go. Boom, chickity, boom, boom. They talk about everything from Marie's health to what Jerez can do better to what mothers expect from him and all, you, all of that. Child, they had a doctor there, but he didn't really do shit. He, that man barely talked. Marie ass talked the whole time. She she walked all over that damn man. She wasted money hiring that man to come media. She could listen. She know damn well she wanted to call Essie <laughs> to help counsel them kids. You know, if Maria's somewhere, Essie is not too far behind. Essie, we all got pain with them same finger waves and makeup and lashes. The only thing different is whatever purse they wear in that day. They Essie and Marie are the same damn person. Let me... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so funny thinking about them. I was looking at a video online the other day on Marie's page. Marie be looking like a, a brand new woman on Instagram, looking on her page. And I just so happened to see her out at dinner with some friends. She's scrolling around the table and there's about 10 of them at the table. She scrolls around and when she gets to the last seat, it's Essie sitting right next to her, eating her crab legs. I said, I know that's right, Essie. You better not uh, leave your friend behind. You better hang out. Ooh-wee. Antoinette meets up with a guy that she met in Ghana on a trip that she took after her divorce. I guess she was like Stella. She was trying to get her groove back. And he's a good looking man. A good idea. Okay, we see you, Annie. Okay, we see you. He lives in Seattle. Who? Ch- Seattle, not Seattle. I don't know what the hell Seattle is. He lives in Seattle. And at the time, she wasn't ready for anything. I'm guessing he probably wasn't either. But she likes him a lot. Why do I feel... I feel the the need to mention that he's black. <laughs> I don't know why. I just... I felt the need. You know, Antoinette's last husband was white. So I feel like y'all, was, y'all were assuming that the man she was dating was white. No, she met a black man. He lives in Seattle. Now, I don't know how you found the, the one black person that lives in Seattle. But she found him and she dating him, child. So... Let them do it. Look, I had to mention that to y'all. I did. I, I wouldn't be the investigative journalist I am like Portia if I didn't tell y'all all the facts, okay? I'm just like, poor. I can work at Dish Nation too with my uh, investigative journalism degree. Listen, whenever Marie got a problem, Essie to the rescue. Essie, we all got pain. She think that Cedric is cheating because he's gone for days and hasn't reached out and won't answer her calls. Essie hyped her ass up to FaceTime him. And then when she did, the man didn't even damn answer. Damn, Essie. Once again, Essie making excuses like, well, you know, sometimes he be leaving his phone in a truck <laughs> when he be home. <laughs> Maybe that's what he happened to you. And, you know, making all kind of excuses. See, Essie, instead of singing, Essie, we all got pain. Maybe you, we, we need to start singing Destiny's Child. Like, girl, I can tell you've been crying and you're needing somebody to talk to, girl. Now, see, that'll help Marielle. You know that Destiny Child, they, they they like to help people. That uh, that Dream Girls, they was wrecking lives out here. So, <laughs> Jimmy Early and uh, uh, Jamie Foxx, they was out here wrecking lives. I don't know if we need to be quoting them. Let's th- let's we gonna switch over to Dream Girls from now on when we child not Dream Girls. We gonna switch over to uh. Destiny's Child, shit, same thing here. <laughs> the Dream Girl Supreme, they all the same shit. TLC, we're going to switch over them from now on when we're talking about you, Essie. Even though we got pain, my girl Letitia, she's trying to see what's up with Ferris Street. So her and Tambra go back to City Hall, and they talk to dude that ran up out their brunch the other day. <laughs> she finds out that her brunch left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths since their brunch went leftington. Like, it went all the way to the left. Tambra sits there in the meeting, and she basically vouches for her and says that, you know, she's been hosting these brunches for Letitia for years, and she's never seen that happen. He says he'll see what he can do for her. Now, see, that's a cousin right there. 
A cousin, I always see what they can do for you. I got a cousin right now seeing what she can do for me. I'm trying to get, look, I'm trying to get the vaccine. I'm going to have to buy it off the street from somebody. Look, they, they said they're selling vaccines two for three. If y'all want one, I <laughs> send me a dollar fifty on Cash App. I'm trying to get y'all a vaccine. Now, they said these are the ones you only got to take one shot of a child. It's probably a uh, cat pissing them damn vials. I'm not going to buy none, but if I decide, <laughs> child, let me... <laughs> child <laughs> i'm desperate here somebody somebody slang a vaccine to me so we can we can keep this shit on the road tambra host a little sister vention as she calls it with some of the ladies latrice annie who antoinette you know i call antoinette's annie latrice annie and melanie that's the girl from all earlier that went goat shopping with them she doesn't want Letitia's stuff to be ruined because of all of these explosive brunches uh, who was it? Latrice is the one that says it's because of man, man, who I'm guessing is Marie. Now see y'all low down. They over Marie ass though. They, when I, they, they tag team in Marie's ass. They basically tell, uh, Tamra that they sick of her shit. Letitia arrives and it's already, you know, she already on edge because Tamra met, met her at the door with a glass of champagne. She like, who girl, you going to need this. And now see, you already put this damn woman on edge and she just got to your damn house. Tambra basically gives everybody the opportunity to express their opinion about the brunches. Everybody basically is getting Marie ass together, but Letitia ain't hearing it. Letitia said she got my back to the enemy. <laughs> Somehow Tambra and Antoinette get into it. I don't know how this happened. Both of them standing up. Fingers is flat. You are, uh, wigs is waving. Fingers flying. There's a lot of shit going on. I got nervous. You know, whenever uh, uh, folks stand up during an argument, that usually means we're about to jack, okay? We about to rumble. We about to tussle. We about to line it up. You know what I'm, you, you know what I'm talking about, okay? They brought up Tambra saying that she hasn't experienced colorism. Tambra said that Annie, you know, if she wasn't even black, all kinds of shit, like, Letitia is just sitting there, though, drinking that purple-ass, tight-ass champagne that Tamara brought her at the door. She's like, look, I ain't got shit to do with this. This this, this uh, so-called sistervention was supposed to be for me, and now y'all uh, need one for your damn selves. I'm just going to sit here and sip this shit unless I see somebody swing. Now, if one of y'all swing, I got to act like uh, Tokyo Vanity. When I, when, who was that? Akbar V swung on light-skinned Keisha. Now, look, if you don't watch Love and Hip Hop, you don't mind me. Look, I have to go on a Love and Hip Hop rant every now and then. Y'all excuse me. Y'all know I come from VH1. That was my passion. I just feel like my passion is gone because I'm not, I don't know. Look, if you the mama <laughs> and your grandmama got your babies <laughs> and you don't never have your babies, then guess what? You're not the mama. Your grandmama the baby, okay? Somehow, after all of this loud VH1 style rah-rah, they apologize right on the spot. Like, wait, wait. <laughs> Bitch, I said, wait. And I'm doing that Dallas style, wait. <laughs> Usually, you got to wait till, like, the next episode. Then they go out to lunch in the middle of making up. You know, it, you know that's that kind of love and hip-hop shit. You know, Mimi was always motherfucking trying to get somebody on the same page, either her or Sierra. You know, like, what, 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 what did you fly Delta? <laughs> Oh, y'all be making these love and hip-hop jokes and just cracking my damn self up. Then Antoinette randomly pulled Latrice to the side 
and unloads on her about all her fears about opening up her practice and uh, how she's not good enough and what if the business isn't good enough. It's like, oh, y'all, di- di- listen, this is a lot of subject switching and a lot to handle in the last 10 minutes of the episode. But I know one thing. The two people that uh folk were trying to say were the weakest links, Antoinette and Tambra, they damn sure brought it this episode. Hell, let's talk about this raggedy ass bachelor. I'm so sick of his ass. <sighs> we'll talk about the bachelor, then we'll finally get into the latest episode of New Jersey, and then we'll go ahead and mind our damn business for the night, okay? This is the women tell all special, and yes. It was hosted by Chris Harrison, for those of you who are wondering. <laughs> I love the fact that ABC put up a little disclaimer. they like, look, we recorded this shit a while ago. Don't be uh calling, cussing us the fuck out. We ain't got nothing to do with that, okay? After all the little recapping that they did, they start with MJ being a bully. Now, some girl named Marie, I don't even remember her from the show. Marie chimed in, and she's like, I don't know. I, you know, that's my roommate. I don't know what y'all are trying to do, but I'm not going to let y'all do that. She's a great, wonderful person, and yada, yada, yada. That's like uh, Mariah Huck from Married to Medicine. That's my mama. Marie said, that's my roommate. <laughs> Jacinia, who is the one that's kind of not leading the attack, but the one that's holding MJ accountable, is the one that, like, does not back down at all. Good. Because MJ, you a bully, and you need to know that. You a bully, motherfucker. Own it grow up and get the fuck out of my face. Okay. We move on to Victoria being a bully and she don't even apologize for the shit. She says, well, maybe the girls are just oversensitive <laughs> child. They wore her ass out. Chelsea, Kit, Ryan, everybody took turns on Victoria ass. And she finally kind of started the cower. But then this is when we see Katie go up against Victoria. Somehow, With her going up against Victoria, other women started to chime in and they started to make Katie look like she was the problem. Wait, wait. (laughs) Notice I said it a lot this episode. Wait, 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 wait. Y'all are all delusional as fuck. Chelsea, now I'm starting to look. I'm starting to not like you a little bit now, too. You got a little bit of attitude on you, too. You coming across as very much better than at least on this episode because I liked you the entire series but I did see glimp like little glimmers of when they were picking on the other girls you were just sitting back kind of laughing at the shit now certainly you know it doesn't mean that you were overtly complicit but we all know that silence is a little bit complicit too and it don't help that you were smirking and laughing in the background so you I don't know, you you were kind of inserting yourself all over the stage. And, like, a lot of the dialogue didn't have anything to do with you. Like, this was Katie directly telling Victoria why her actions were wrong. And you were jumping in, and that caused everybody else to jump in. And every opportunity you got, you jumped in. I think you are vying to be the Bachelorette, which this is the platform to do it. So I get it. So I'm not hold I'm not I'm not harboring any ill will towards you, but I I get it. I mean, look, you were doing a, a whole a whole heck of a heap lot. I don't know. Ch- listen, that man. <laughs> this is gonna be so low down, but look, that man was only after the white women anyway. Chelsea, he, he <laughs> we've been trying to put you with Riley from uh, Tage the season for so long. The way they did him dirty, y'all just be together and have some beautiful black babies and. 
Just call it a day. Y'all don't, you don't need Matt Ryan. Uh, Chalbert said Matt Ryan. Who's that? Oh, that's the quarterback for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Chad, Matt James. Y'all know who the hell I'm talking about. Raggedy ass. Then we see Brittany going to the hot seat. Not like she's under fire. No, like literally. They call it the hot seat. She was sitting across from Kiss Harrison. Oh, ball-headed ass. They start discussing a rumor about her being basically a high-end escort in Chicago. Anna was back there looking dumb as Finnuck. Dumb as Finnuck. Watching that package back. Yeah, you started that rumor, big hellhole. See, Brittany talks about her experiences going home and not wanting to be around her family and friends because she was so embarrassed about the show. They gave Anna the opportunity to basically kind of talk and explain herself. And she actually gives a pretty good apology. I won't lie. As far as apologies goes, that was a pretty good one. She owned up to everything. She basically like, look, I did it. I I, I should not have done it. That was very terrible. You know, saying all the, all the right stuff. She didn't make excuses. She apologized. Now, child, Victoria had the nerve to try to interrogate Anna, too. Girl, you need to be in jail. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of you, Victoria. Pack them eye bags and go. You don't belong on the stage no more. Don't let them people, uh, don't listen. Don't let them beating up on her think that you're exonerating anything. We can hate more than one person at a time. We just hating Anna right now. So let us hate her. We'll be right back to hating your ass, okay? Brittany's speech after Anna talked was great. She says she accepts her apology, which is the adult thing to do. Both of them acted like adults in this situation. And that she doesn't want Anna to get the same kind of treatment that she received, basically. And that she hopes that everything is all genuine. See, Brittany, they need to make your ass the next Bachelorette. That was real. That was real, real grown of you. Okay, Brittany, I see you, Brittany. Now, I, don't, I, I barely remember your ass on the show. I just remember them calling you a hoe. But, child, uh, go ahead, Brittany. You can be... Child, let me stop. <laughs> they did a whole section of like deleted scenes and funny stuff. And like, Oh, there's this date. Let's it's called hand in a box or whatever it's called. Where they're trying to get a ring for Madden, all, all this different kind of stuff. One, it made me realize that y'all didn't show any of the best stuff. Cause all that stuff looked a lot more entertaining than the shit you actually showed on the show. But it was their way of kind of saying like, okay, hey, you guys, Bachelor Nation, we're not all drama. We've got some fun. We do fun stuff. Yippee! I didn't really feel that way. But then after all of that, Katie gets her time in the hot seat. And to me, at least, it basically is possibly, <laughs> it's maybe kind of setting her up to be the next Bachelorette. At least that's what it felt like. I love it. Her journey was raggedy because Matt is raggedy. She deserves a lot better. So hopefully she is the next Bachelorette. I don't know if she will be. That ain't my damn business. But it felt like it was a little doing a little bit of foreshadowing. I don't know. That's just the, the energy that I got from it. Later on in the episode or right after Child, I don't remember. They did a whole lot of gushy stuff. You know, they're bringing people one-on-one -on -one up to talk, and I, I wasn't paying no damn attention. All I know is Matt James came out soon after, and he wasn't wearing a turtleneck. Ain't God good when I think about Jesus, what he's done for me. Let me stop. <laughs> Matt, 
cut it out. He wasn't wearing the turtleneck. He had this beard that was, it, you can't even do beards right, Matt. Like, what is happening? What is actually happening? Like, the beard was, oh, I don't know. It was just, it was a lot. Matt, listen, what's really funny, though, is that was the last note I took on this damn episode, child. I guess I got bored and uh, started playing Tiddlywinks or Scrabble or something or Monopoly, one of them long-ass games. Child, I, didn't, I didn't take no damn notes after this. <laughs> Literally, the last note is, child, I got bored and stopped taking notes on their ass. Child, let's go on to, uh, who did I say, New Jersey, because... The Bachelor, I guess you didn't give what needed to be gave because I got a little bored, honey. The Real Housewives in New Jersey are just fun to watch. I'm glad they're back on our TV screens. It's the next day and Teresa basically declares that she's not calling Jackie. She says Jackie needs to apologize and Teresa has already apologized. Child, they flashed back to that tired-ass apology that Teresa gave her. (laughs) And I couldn't do shit but laugh. Teresa is the definition of a housewife because housewives do not give apologies correctly. They do that shit where, well, if you took offense to it, I'm sorry you did that. It's like, that is not a damn apology. Apologize to that damn lady for uh wrecking her life up and down. <laughs> you know, Teresa good for wrecking her life, but child, she do it for my entertainment. So I'm not mad at you, Teresa. Keep wrecking lives, honey. The ladies go out for lunch, and a couple of things happen while they're out eating. The first thing you need to know is that Teresa gets a call from Michelle Pius. I think is how you say her name, P-A-I-S, Pius, who's supposed to be like a friend of this season. She's ready to put her house on the market. Now, that's not really important, but you need to know the name Michelle Pius for later on in the episode. It seems like she's going to play a much bigger role in this season. We then kind of, uh, we, we start talking about the families. So Melissa starts telling us about how Antonia's got a boyfriend that she's known since seventh grade. And I think Antonia is either 15 or 16 now. Apparently he's a good boy and he doesn't pressure her to have sex. Child, we've been watching this show too damn long to where now the kids are considering having sex already. Child, G off in college doing, you know, let me stop <laughs> Before I get sued, Gia is not doing coke. She don't do no damn cocaine. Jackie, you low down. But that was funny. Okay. Um, Lord, we also get to see Teresa and Melissa actually really, really getting along, which I feel like I always have to point out because I always feel like they are one argument away from hating each other. So praise God, they actually still getting along. Side note, this is the scene I think where I was really noticing Everybody's confessional or their interview looks is fantastic this season. Literally everybody. I guess, I don't know if they hadn't shown these particular looks in the previous episodes, but everybody looks fantastic. Child, one other thing I need to note before I go on. This whole episode, Jackie, you made a big mistake not going on this trip because I didn't miss you. And I know that, that, that that's sad to say. Cause I know a lot of y'all love Jackie. I don't really, I don't hate Jackie or anything. I'm just really kind of indifferent to her, but she seems like she's going to actually bring it this season. So I'm happy to finally see that Jackie, but this trip and, but then the men like Evan didn't go to the men's trip, not men's trip, but the men's gathering later on y'all weren't missed in either one of them. Like it's, I don't know. That's the danger of deciding to take a stance because if you were really doing it, 
to show that it was going to be boring without you. It wasn't. Now, if you were doing it for principle, then I understand. It's just we don't see a lot of that in reality TV. So <laughs> I just I had never seen that before. So I was a little confused. Okay. I love the next scene. They get on the booze boat and they start drinking and they decide to play a prank. Teresa texts Joe Gorga and tells him that the owner of the restaurant asked Melissa for her number and they've been texting all day long. Joe calls her. He don't respond by text. He calls her and he's speaking in Italian. Now, child, that man so upset, hurt, angry, mad, and everything else. He don't even <laughs> he don't even want us to know what he's saying. Child, he must not know that Bravo got translators. Hell, Google got translators for free. You can get right on there and just type in your word, click, 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 and I can see what the hell you're saying. You could have saved them a few-ass Italian words when you really needed them. Now, when that occasion would be, I don't know, but you could have really saved them words. I'm I'm just, look, I don't, I'm, I'm just trying to help you out. Look, they finally tell him it's a joke, but see, five years ago, the three of them could not joke like this. We love to see it because we never thought this family was going to repair itself and stay repaired. But the fact that they can actually joke like this and everybody laugh about it, y'all have come a long way and we love to see it. Maybe we just needed Joe Judici out the picture because I feel like ever since he left, <laughs> shit's been good. I'm just saying, Joe, you could send me one of them uh, vibrating dildos or whatever the hell you be slinging over there in Italy, but... Child, let me get on your website. <laughs> I'm getting on your website. Then I'm getting on Candy website. Who else website I need to get on? Y'all let me know. Drop in the DMs and tell me who else website I need to get on. Maybe OnlyFans. I don't know. Child. Later on, while Jennifer and Dolores are kiki, 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 snickle, giggle, laughing and stuff over some wine, Jennifer brings up Michelle Pice again telling her that Joe Gorga owes her husband tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, we, in fact, they saying this ain't the first time Joe has been accused of this kind of stuff. They said, look, 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 look. They said Joe been accused of this kind of shit from multiple different places. Now, you know, we've seen on the show before where he's been accused of some stuff. I'm just saying, but oh, we, and look, Jennifer, guess what she found this out at? At Jackie's party. Ain't that some shit? Child, I bet Jackie won't throw now another party. Jackie, like, look, I done threw this party and y'all got all kind of shit started over here. I bet y'all won't sully my good name no more. All this unmitigated gall y'all got. I ain't throwing another damn party. Fuck y'all. <laughs> at least that's what I be saying, Jackie. Jackie might say, forget you guys, but you know. I'm a little more, I'm a little more crass than that. I got to say, fuck y'all. I ain't throwing nail another party as long as y'all ass is trying to come. The next scene is the one we need to pay attention to. Joe Gorga invites the fellas over, child. Everybody came except Jackie husband, Evan. He said, bitch, I'm busy with your raggedy ass sister spreading all these lies. I'm over here trying to put fires out. I'm not coming to that damn poker night. Chad, I could watch an entire spinoff of the men just getting drunk and partying. Like, I don't need much else. Those four, I, like that little iteration right there, I love. Joe Gorga, Joe uh, Marge. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call him. Joe Marge, hell. Uh, uh, Jennifer Aiden's husband. Oh, what's his name? Bill and uh, Frank Catania. That's all I need in life. Those four men, hilarious together. I could watch that spinoff all damn day long. Jersey, hands down, has the best 
male ensemble across all of the shows and all down that hill. I'm not about to play with y'all. After they laughing and kikiing and and chuckling and all that kind of stuff, a bomb is dropped. Marge's husband, Joe, after Frank Atania brings up the Evan rumors, says he's actually heard those rumors before. Boy, oh boy, why didn't you say something when them folks was gang banging and knocking and bucking in your foyer in the premiere episode? Now, he said that he heard this from, uh, you know, his house is never quiet. There's always at least like 10 women in his house doing different things. And he's heard this many a time before. Well, Joe, you sure picked a swell damn time to say it. You could have said this in the premiere episode and saved everybody a little trouble. But your ass and waited the episode three to want to uh, 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 get a, mor- a moral compass with y'all. I don't know if that's a moral compass, but you waited all this time to spill the tea. I know that's right, Joe. Don't get that tea up for free. Get you a little, uh, a little lifting, honey. I know that's right. Marge and Melissa, back at the ranch, <laughs> called Jackie, and they basically, she says that Teresa needs to call Evan and apologize. Now, Jackie, you know damn well that is not going to happen. They said, well, maybe if you say you use the wrong analogy, Jackie said, oh, no, 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 no. You got me fucked up. No, 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 no. They then go inside to have a little dinner and tell Teresa. And she says, ah, ah. She said, I'm going to blow a casket <laughs> if we keep talking about this dumb shit. Child, they try to coach Teresa throughout the apology and all kind of shit. And, uh, 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 and Gia doing cocaine, all kind of bullshit. And they said that, uh, you know, they accidentally said Jackie is never going to apologize for Gia and that coke analogy. That's all Teresa needed to hear. The rest of the dinner went off the rails and Teresa exited stage left. Now, that's basically the end of the episode. The rest of that little piece at the end, uh, it didn't really mean shit. But that's the end of the episode. I can't wait to, I think I'm going to add a couple more things in because, and maybe take a couple out. I don't know. Maybe I'll do a top like six funniest ones of the week that I want to talk about. Some of these are like, uh, I'm sticking with The Bachelor because I know a lot of y'all watch that. But when they get to like this point in the season, there's not really much to talk about. It's the same kind of thing. It's not really as interesting, but I'm going to stick it out for the sole reason that we've come this far. (laughs) And look, just like the energy I have for that Matt James episode, this is all the energy I got for y'all asses. So guess what? See ya! As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings. And choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See storebelltire.com for details. Restrictions apply. Now open in Elgin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.